0: Well, hello everyone and welcome to Gospel Community Providence. We are a small community of Jesus followers in Providence, Rhode Island. Our goal in life is to be the family of God, redeemed and transformed by Jesus, living out God's mission in our culture. You're listening to content created specifically for our church community. And the thoughts and teachings that you'll find here come from a study of the Bible that is informed by some of the best thinkers and followers of Jesus today and throughout church history. Just a heads up, you may hear a variety of voices and distractions and noises in the background. This is because we are a church of families with real lives full of children, noise, and interruptions. We celebrate these noises, however, because they remind us that real life is not a perfectly curated moment, but is full of opportunities to worship Jesus through the messy, unflattering, and mundane. In addition to this, you may hear the voices and comments of various audience members throughout the teaching. While this often causes our time to go a little long, it also deepens and enriches our time together as we discuss what we are learning and reflect on how to live it out. So bear with us. We are not professionals, but we are imperfect people who love and serve a perfect God. Let's go. Luke chapter 6, verses 36 through 49. You have it in the band app. Open up your Bible. All
1: right. Be merciful, even as your father is merciful. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you use it will be measured back to you. He also told them a parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they both not fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. Why do you you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take this speck out of that... Let me take this... Let me take out the speck that is in your eye when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye. You hypocrite. First see the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take out the speck that is in your brother's eye. For no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit, For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. Why do you call me Lord, Lord? Do not do what I tell you. Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream broke against the house and could not shake it because it has been built well. But but the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built his house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, it immediately it fell, and the ruin of the house was
0: great. Amen. Thanks for reading that, Bridget. Uh, Does anyone know what a bramble bush is?
1: Thornbush.
0: Is that a thing? Thornbush? Um, Okay. We're talking about... uh, a part of Jesus' ministry that is typically called the Sermon on the Mount, although Luke calls it the Sermon on the Plain. So we're gonna assume that it's somewhere in between. It's like a mountainy, plainy area, plateau. a plateau, if you will. <laughs> Um, and uh, Matthew goes into way more depth on this teaching. He includes a lot more aspects of the teaching and uh, he includes way more detail. He goes into more depth on some of the subjects. Luke is trying to like do a really thorough uh, uh, examination of Jesus's life. And so he shortens and he combines some of the teachings um, of the sermon in order to make him a little bit more concise. And so they break down naturally into these three sections that we've been going through. And today we're going to close out the last section. Um, the first section was the, 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 called the Beatitudes, the Woes and the Blessings. What do you guys remember from the Woes and the Blessings? No, just that I, what what from what like from what stood out to you? Mr. Lyme for life? I <laughs> mean you know, like blessed are the poor and everything. Yeah, blessed are the poor in spirit, okay.
2: But the rich already have what they got.
0: Yeah. Think
1: the idea of the of the down kingdoms and things that are like our world and our society treasures and
2: values, Jesus says like that's a warning, like if you have those things already.
0: Yeah, it is. Yes, there's a there's a sense in which Jesus is is almost like preparing the soil of our hearts, right? He says I'm, It's almost as if he's saying I'm about to I'm about to drop some truth on you Kind of like a prophet in the Old Testament would drop some truth uh, And if you're not careful uh, You're going to respond in one of two ways you're either going to accept Uh, the teachings of the prophets uh, um, with humility and brokenness and say, you're right, God, this is an area where I need to uh, grow. Or you're going to reject it and you're going to persecute the prophet as a result, right? So there's this um, almost like a prepare, just prepare yourself, right? Last week, we talked about the, really the foundation of Jesus' teaching, which is this idea of loving your enemies, um, th- for those of you that weren't able to hear the teaching, is there anything that stood out to you from, from that conversation about loving your enemies? Mm-hmm.
1: It's not
0: easy. No. Yeah.
1: But it's really hard. And it's not, it's not like, it's not just a, a passive
2: thing. It's a turn your team. Yeah. Um, it's active
0: and- Yeah. Yeah, it, it's 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 yeah. It's more than grinning and bearing it when someone is insulting you. It's actively doing something to benefit them. Even more, right? Um, it's an active love uh, of our enemy, and it's absolutely impossible in our own strength. We talked last week about the need for a heart change, which is what uh, the prophets of old promised that the Holy Spirit would do, right? That the Holy Spirit would no longer live in temples and, in, uh, and just come on people for like you know brief moments. He would come to dwell within our hearts. He would give us a new heart, take away our heart of stone, give us a heart of flesh uh, and transform us into people who actually want to love our enemies, right? So it's not, it doesn't become a like, oh, I have to forgive you because Jesus says so say no i i want to I want to love you because uh because my heart has been changed um, and brittany if you if you haven't had a chance to read it, Brittany wrote up a really good post about uh, how this relates into even justice uh you know loving our enemies doesn't mean that we like forgive and forget where like you know you're just you, you did something and and there's no consequences or whatever there are consequences to people's actions um and you can you can love your enemy and still call the cops if, if your house is broken into. Right? They're, they're not mutually exclusive. Um, uh, we, it's it's a it's a heart love where when someone harms me, I don't wanna emotionally and like in my soul destroy that person. I instead want to pray for and bless that person. Um in this last section, we're gonna talk about um Jesus is just gonna wrap he's gonna put the the the, the Cap on the top, right? You're just going to finish this up for us um, and invite us to examine ourselves, right? We we prepared our hearts. We heard a difficult teaching, uh, and hopefully this next passage will encourage you to examine your own heart and say, um, where do I live up to this, and where am I maybe falling short? Um, let me ask you a question: uh, How do you know if you're blind to something, like physically? If you're born blind, how do you know that you're blind? None of you obviously would, would know, it's like, familiar. experientially, but... <laughs> I guess other people telling you... Yeah, so either someone telling you, oh, hey, by the way, you, you can't see, but there's this thing called sight, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, or maybe, like, you, you get a little bit down the road and you realize people are describing this thing and I don't... I have no, I have no category for, for what they're talking about. Right? what about if you're, like, colorblind... That's which is probably more you know, more realistic, right? You you wouldn't necessarily know you're colorblind unless you went through some testing. I just
1: found out Mr. Rogers' color
0: blind. Mr. Rogers I didn't was know colorblind. He was wearing a red sweater. My dad's colour. So, yeah? Can't see. Yeah, how do you how do you know if you're colorblind? Someone says, Oh look at that beautiful red car and you're like, You mean that grey one? <laughs> my dad thinks I have green hair. So I
1: <laughs> awesome. think his hair and my hair are green. Wow. So
0: like what he talked about earlier, yeah. time, but still like people talk yeah. about those. Really <laughs> no. Yeah, you, you find out that you have a physical blindness uh, when somebody tells you, right? Or when you, you know, realize that others are making observations that you can't see. I, I didn't know that I needed glasses until I was 20 years old. Uh, I thought I had great vision. Uh, I don't. I don't have a massive like eye problem. I just have a minor astigmatism. So like, when, especially when it's late at night, I start to see things a little blurry. And so they help. Um, I remember going to a doctor at like 20 years old for some kind of eye um, uh, procedure, and he told me, "Hey, you need glasses." Um, and that was the first time I knew that I needed glasses. And I put them on, and it was an adjustment process for me uh, learning to keep them on so I can see clearly. Um, my first pair of glasses were these like real skinny 90s looking glasses. <laughs> Those are the ones that Brittany fell in love with. Um, yeah, I didn't know that I needed glasses until someone told me that I needed glasses. Right? And then I realized when I put my glasses on for the first time, oh, that's what it looks like to look at something clearly. Um, so spiritual blindness, uh, spiritual blindness is typically not something that we see on our own much much in a similar idea spiritual blindness is not something that we typically recognize on our own Uh, we need somebody to point it out for us right we need to we need somebody to say hey you're not aware of this part of your life where you are uh, you're just you're you're blind to your either your sinfulness or you're blind to your attitude or you're blind to this part of your life that needs needs to change Um, let's take a look at what jesus says about spiritual blindness. And all of these uh, these quick little illustrations, quick little pictures that Jesus gives us are all meant to cause us to reflect, all right? uh, Before we jump into them, though, um, let, let, me re- let me read verses 36 through um, 38. Uh, Jesus says, "'Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. "'Judge not, and you will not be judged. "'Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. "'Forgive, and you will be forgiven. "'Give, and it will be given to you good measure pressed down shaken together running over will be put into your lap sounds kind of like a like a cocktail you, gotta, you know shake it up and you know press it down and put a olive on it or something um you should, you should make one. i should make one right yes follow these steps this is jesus's steps to no that's, that's not what this is uh, for with the measure you use it it will be measured back to you and i almost added this into our last teaching maybe i should have but we went for so long already that it's good that we are talking about it now um, this is kind of the last thought that Jesus gives in his teaching about how we're supposed to live out the way of Jesus um, and in this passage we're told to judge not uh, probably the favorite verse of our of our generation right of our culture judge not right you don't judge me um, which is ironically a judgment that they make about you to not judge them you, you see that right in order for me to Decide that you're judging me. I have to judge you to determine that you're judging me to tell you to not judge me. So it's a little bit of a even even a hypocr- hypocritical thought right there, right? Um, here's what Jesus is not saying in this passage. Uh, he's not saying that we can never make an assessment of people, right? He's not saying that we're not supposed to uh, make a like a discernment about someone, right? Lowercase j to judge someone, right? There's clearly passages in the Bible that challenge us and, uh, uh, and invite us to evaluate and discern one another. Okay, uh, John 7 24 says, uh, do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. And so uh, John is telling us that when someone walks in, we're not supposed to look on the outward part of them in order to make a judgment. We're supposed to judge rightly, okay? Romans 12:9 9 says uh, let love be genuine abhor what is evil hold fast to what is good right in order to understand what is right and what is evil and what is good you have to have a certain amount of judgment and discernment and assessment uh James 5 tells us uh my brothers if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wanderings will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins Uh, In order for me to call someone out and say, hey, by the way, this is an area of your life where you are living in sin and I need to pull you back, I have to make a judgment, right? So there is a sense in which we are told throughout the scriptures that we are invited to to make discerning and wise assessments of one another. So what is Jesus actually saying here then? If it's not that we can never judge someone. Um... The, the, the language used for judging here is this idea of like, I'm just going to call it capital J judging, right? Uh, this idea of making a final uh, conviction of someone uh, in our hearts where we say like, this person's too far gone, right? Or oh, this person harmed me in this way, they're dead to me, right? It's this idea of making a final, conde- uh, condemning them as hopeless, really, okay? Uh, and in doing so, we're taking the role of God in their life. We're taking the capital J judge role of God in their life. Um, and the problem with doing that is you and I are unfair judges. Would you agree? Right? We are unfair judges. Right? I'm driving down the road and someone cuts me off. I, I like, I want to burn them to the ground. Right? But five minutes later, I'm going to cut someone off and I'll have a reason for it. Oh, I really need to make this exit. Right? I'm an unfair judge of the people that are around me. Um, I found, I realized this when I was in college because I would be driving down uh, the, you know, the road through campus and a student would like, no, without even looking, walk out on the street and I'd like honk my horn I'm like, oh, you know, like, this is so stupid, you know, why are you doing this, uh, you could be killed or whatever, I'm not saying this, I'm thinking this, um, I'm not that bold. Uh, <laughs> And so at the and then I'll, I'll park my car. I'll get out of the car and I'll go to cross the street and like a car's flying by and I'm like, oh, why are you flying down the street so much? Like in, in the same breath, I will be a hypocrite while I'll judge the person crossing the street and I'll judge the person coming down the street. Seems a lot so of traffic always does it for this passage. Say it again? Traffic always <laughs> I, traffic. It. I feel like it's
1: universally <laughs> <invisible>. <laughs> Yeah, it's
0: very prophetic. We are unfair judges and so we need to remember, this, that's what Jesus is talking about here, is this idea that we need to release that capital J judgment to him. Um, and here's the warning. The same measuring stick that you use for others will be used on you. Right? If I'm going to make a condemnation of someone around me, that same measuring stick is going to be held to me. Right? If I cast judgment and condemnation on others, I will be held by the same standard. And likewise, Jesus, and this is an interesting one. He says, if you offer radical generosity towards your enemies, you will actually experience radical generosity as well. Um, this, this phrase, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, put in your lap, is actually a—it's uh, a, it's a phrase that was used in the marketplace in Jesus' day. Right, well, you'd bring your bag with you to go, you know, get some like, grain for, for your family, and he'd you'd agree on a price. All right, I'll pay you you know X amount of dollars for one bag of grain, uh, and then he'd fill it up for you, and he hand you your bag. You're like, no, 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 we're not we're not done yet. Can you shake it up a little bit to make sure it settles because we agreed on a full bag, and that's not really full right now. And so he'll, you know, shake it up, he'll put a little bit more in and he'll hand it to you. Like, No, 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 make sure you press it down because I want to get a full bag out of this. And so you know, he'll press it down, he'll fill it a little bit more until it's overflowing. Then you know you've gotten your full measure of what you paid for. And so Jesus is saying that when we are generous uh, uh, with our forgiveness, when we're generous with our lives, when we're generous towards our enemies, uh, we're going to experience that same kind of generosity in our own lives in a greater way. Um, and this is different. We've talked a lot about the prosperity gospel. This is different than the prosperity gospel, which is a way of controlling God. Right? Prosperity gospel says, if you give me, pick a number, $423. The Lord gave me a vision of 423 So if you give me $423, God will multiply in, in fourfold. Right? It's a way of controlling God. Uh, this is a generosity gospel that recognizes that I have been given and blessed by God. And I have been blessed so I could be a blessing. Now we're going in, so that's that's the the wrap-up of Jesus' teaching. Now we're going into the three images that he's going to give us. Verse 39. He also told them a parable, which is just a short story to illustrate a main point. Uh, can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. Uh, why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, "Brother, let me take out the speck that is in your eye," when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye? And this is meant to be like a, co- a comic image, right? You're, you're you're worrying about some dust in someone else's eye, and you've got a two by four sticking out of yours, right? It's almost like a caricature in a in a in a in a, in a, in a newspaper, right? It's meant to be like an over exaggerated comedy comic image. Uh, and so Jesus says, You are a hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take the out the speck that is in your brother's eye. What what jumps out at you from that?
2: Other than like the log in your eye?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that really jumps out. <laughs> Can a blind person lead a blind person? Yes. But they will both fall into a pit. It's not going to end well. The scriptures have a lot to say about blindness, spiritual blindness. First Corinthians tells us that we're all spiritually blind before we meet Jesus. Right? There's a blindness to our need for him. Uh, Second Corinthians tells us that uh, the enemy, the devil, actually uses, uh, works against us to blind us from the truth. So not only are we born blind, but then we have someone who's actively working against us to keep us blind. Um, John 12 tells us that spiritual blindness comes often as a result of hard-heartedness. Um, and then 1 John actually tells us that um, a lot of our blindness comes as a result of sin. Right? When I have sinned in my life, I become blind to uh, the truth uh, around me. I need someone to point out my blindness at that point. Um, you and I, can we agree that you and I, we all, we all have spiritual blind spots. Uh, and to take it one step further, we're all blind to our blind spots. Right? Not only do we have blind spots, but we're blind to our blind spots, uh, which is like two levels of blindness. Um, there are areas of immaturity and uh, just needed growth in our lives that we're blind to. Um, There are areas of sin that sometimes we are blind to or that we minimize or ignore because we wanna, I wanna pretend like I don't see that. I'm just gonna hide it away. Um, And oftentimes we perpetuate our blindness by only listening to people who are like us. Okay, I think that's kinda what Jesus is trying to get at when he talks about a teacher uh, a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone he is fully trained will be like his teacher. The people that you listen to are the people that you're going to be like, in essence. Right? and So I am blind. I choose to be blind often. Um, and then I only surround myself with people that, that say things that I say, think the way that I think, and therefore I perpetuate my blindness even more. Uh, do you know what parts of your life you are blind in? That's not, that, that one is rhetorical. I just want you to think about that. All right. Do you know what parts of your life you are blinded? Do you know what, what the plank in your eye is? All right? How are you going to find that out if you don't know it? We'll get to that in a second. Um, one of the things that Jesus invites us to do in order to uh, help us identify our blind spots is to examine our fruit. All right. Hopefully, by the fruit that I look by, by examining my fruit, I will hopefully see what's going on inside my heart. Verse 43: For no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. Uh, for each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, uh, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. Uh, the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure. Uh, produces evil for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. Um, Be careful not to read into that and assume that there are good people and bad people. Uh, The scriptures are constantly clear that there's no one who is good but God. Okay? That's not what Jesus is talking about here. He is saying, however, that the fruit that I experience in my life will reveal uh, the areas in my life that I'm blind to. If I think that I'm an orange tree, right? If I think that, I would, I would need psychiatric help, yes. Uh, if I think that I'm an orange tree, but I'm only producing apples, that should tell me something about the fact that I'm blind to the what I really am, right? If I, If I think that I'm a healthy tree, right, but I'm not producing any fruit or the fruit that I'm producing is bad, I am blind to an area of my life, right? Uh, and so Jesus is saying, look at the fruit in your life, All right? In the same way that uh, my sin in my life reveals an area of blindness and the fruit of the, Holy, of the Spirit, the, the fruit of the Spirit reveals the work of the Spirit in my life. Does that make sense? All right? My fruit is a good place to start. Um, it's, um, it's a good idea every once in a while to pause, uh, whether it's for a day, for an hour, for a weekend, to get away and to reflect on the fruit that you've been experiencing in your life. Right? Have, you been ex- have you been experiencing anxiety? Have you been experiencing a particular sin that you just keep coming back to? Have you been experiencing anger? Right. That's a moment to reflect uh, on the fruit that's in your life. Uh, what fruit are you seeing? And is your fruit a sign of maturity and Christ-likeness, or is it a sign of immaturity and sin? Okay. Recognize your blindness. Take a look uh, at your fruit. And then Jesus is going to give us a warning to close out this part of the teaching. A warning of what happens if we don't follow his, um, his teaching. Verse 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. Um, But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on a ground without a foundation. Another translation or another passage says uh, like building your house on sand, which is a really bad idea. Um, When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. Hearing what Jesus says and not acting on it, it's kind of like building a beautiful home. In a flood zone, without the right foundation in place, it's a really bad idea. It's foolish. It's dangerous. Right? James talks about our responsibility to listen, to hear, and to act. Right? To put into practice what it is that we are hearing. I think. Man, I think you could have all the right theology. You can have all the right knowledge. You can build this beautiful structure of your life, but if it's not built on the right foundation, uh, it's going to crumble to the ground when the storms come. All right, I think there's also there's also a warning here against moralism without genuine faith. So just you know, trying to fix yourself and, and live right and act right without uh, without truly having faith in Jesus. Um, is there anything that, that I didn't cover that just jumps out at you from this passage? These three images that Jesus gives us, the image of um, a blind person, the image of eye surgery, the image of uh, a fruit tree, and the image of foundations. Anything that jumps out? Yes. Oh
2: morning we listening to the bible project and they we were talking about a parable in isaiah about a vine that like i guess god had like set out this really secure area for but it produced bad fruit and so he removed the hedge and allowed it to be destroyed hmm. and i think that's a theme that comes up a lot like in scripture is even like when jesus like got mad at the fig tree because it didn't have any fruit, and he was like, curse you. Mm-hmm. Um, that there's an expectation um, that when you're part of the kingdom.
0: you're going to produce he, fruit.
2: Yeah, that there, there would be fruit as evidence of that. Yeah. And that he he did all of this for the people of Israel. He has all these promises. Um He's even sent his son, like, in the other Mm parable, um, or the vine keepers, um, what were they doing? They're stealing money or something?
0: They just wouldn't, wouldn't pay up, right?
2: Yeah. So they're stealing money and he sent his son and, like, they killed him. That he's, like, started out creating this perfect creation and, like, has continually, like, been intervening in the story of this people. Yeah. And they have never produced fruit and and I just like whenever I see it talking about like the trees and good fruit or bad fruit I always think about this huge like narrative between the relationship of God and
0: his people yeah that's a that's a great image throughout the scriptures of um yeah how God relates to us even even the gardener that prunes fruit right Uh, it hurts when it happens but it's for the health of the vine are they specifically talking like fruit of the spirit or just like well, even even the term "the fruit of the spirit" is is playing into that image, right? When 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 we have the fruit of the spirit, we're so that's a way to start
1: defining what this. Means. Yeah.
0: Just, yeah. This is, okay. Yeah. So we, we were saying producing good fruit kind of it would be like, like like similar things like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. Right. Those uh, Galatians tells us those are the fruit. That is the fruit of the spirit. And so if I'm sensing these uh, parts of my life that are growing, that is evidence of being connected to the right line.
2: Is it like living like we're, like the kingdom of God is here? Like we're living out the kingdom of God. Yes. And all those things are a manifestation.
0: Yeah. Like that, yeah, absolutely. Um, among
2: other things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I want to give you four, four examination questions. They're in the band app. Uh, to, to work through this week, All right, At some point, I want you to take a few minutes and work through these questions. You can do it this morning, um, or you can do it later in the week. Um, question one, right, When you hear Jesus' teaching of the way that we're supposed to live uh, our lives, do you take it seriously or do you dismiss it? Do you act on it or is it just like a nice suggestion? Right, when Jesus says, love your enemy, is, it, is this something that I take seriously that I'm going to cultivate in my heart? Or is this one of those situations where I'm going to say, oh, that's, not, that's not possible, so obviously he doesn't mean that. All right, number two, are you aware of the areas of blindness and hypocrisy in your own life? Um, is there someone in your life that can help you point them out? We're going to talk about that in a second. Number three... Uh, have you honestly examined the own the fruit of your own life? Uh, does it reflect the fruit of the spirit, uh, and what areas do not? Number four, uh, are you building your life this beautiful house on a solid foundation of faith or in shifting sand? And that one's a little bit more of like a summative thought for for the others, right? Um, listen, I think there's there are a couple of tools that you can use to help guard against blindness, spiritual blindness. Um, And you've heard these before. So I wanna uh, uh, encourage you to revisit these if you haven't uh, recently. Um, One of the ways that you guard yourself from spiritual blindness is by spending time in and knowing the scriptures well. Okay, you are never gonna know where you are blind if you don't spend time in the scriptures. Uh, you need to be spending time in the scriptures. Um, it is, uh, uh, it's, it, the, the New Testament calls the, script, the Bible like a, like a mirror that I look at. right? That I'm going to look into and it's going to point out areas where I need to become more like Jesus. Uh, be in it daily. Be in it humbly. Be in and know the scriptures. Uh, secondly, you can guard against spiritual blindness in your life by pressing into authentic community. Um, we talk about this a lot, guys. Um, I don't know that you're going to know where you are spiritually blind if you don't open yourself up in vulnerability to an authentic community, right? And there's a two-sided coin here, right? The community that I'm a part of needs to be an authentic community, right? That's not just surface level, that it's able to talk about some of the deeper issues, Right, that is not afraid to speak up when they see something that's not right. right that, uh, that is not afraid to speak up when they see something they're concerned about. Man, like I love you and I see you going down this path with your anger and we need to work on that. Okay? But you also, we as individuals, need to be people of vulnerability. Because if I'm not vulnerable in my authentic community, then, then it's pointless. They're not going to see enough of me to be able to speak up. It's a double-sided coin. If I want to know where I am spiritually blind, I need to be in an authentic community and I need to be vulnerable enough for them to see that. Um, Number three, if you want to guard against spiritual blindness in your life, you need to learn how to listen to the Holy Spirit. Um, You need to be a person who is constantly asking, seeking, and inviting the Holy Spirit to point out areas of blindness in your life. Um, and lastly, if you want to guard against spiritual blindness in your life, uh, you need to be a person who acts on that which is already revealed to you. Right? This is a big one. Right? When I say to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit or, or, when my, or when my community comes to me and says, Tim, this is an area you need to work on, or when the scriptures uh, don't line up with how I'm living, and I see an area where I need to become more like Jesus, and I ignore it, or I push it aside, or I don't deal with it, Why would the Holy Spirit, why would God reveal other areas of my life if I'm not faithful with the ones he's already revealed? Right? For some of us, I think that sometimes uh, we think that God isn't working in our lives. uh, And I think it's because we're not willing to deal with the areas of blindness he has already revealed. Okay? Okay? And it might seem silly or simple or small uh, but there is a principle in scripture that god's not going to give you something greater if you're not faithful with the little right so if you want spiritual growth and maturity and intimacy with jesus but you're not willing to deal with the little things in your life that he's that he's calling out you're gonna have uh you're gonna you're gonna miss out on that does that make sense Sometimes we yes so. feel like we're just way, like like not moving on to the next step or something because yeah. you haven't uh, it, once you kind of realize like you have this revelation like, Yeah I oh, gotta be doing these things and then somehow this door just opens up and like, oh like yeah. I just, maybe God didn't open that door because I hadn't been doing what I was supposed to be doing here and so yeah. why would you let me do it somewhere else before I even learn. Yeah. I've got a plank in my eye and God has pointed it out, but I would rather focus on the speck in yours, All right? Uh, examine your fruit. Examine your fruit, and see where you are blind. Um, let me pray for us, Jesus. All uh, right, we are like the song that we sang earlier. We are prone to wander. Uh, we're prone to leave the God that we love. And we need you to take our heart and seal it, and Jesus, we need we need you to lead us into uh, into the scriptures and have the courage and boldness uh, to deal with the things that you point out. We need you to lead us into authentic community, uh, not only to, to be people of vulnerability, but to be the kinds of people that speak up into one another's lives. Jesus, we we need your Holy Spirit to point out areas of blindness in our in our lives and would you let would you not let us sleep at night uh, if there is an area of blindness that we are ignoring and not dealing with we need you jesus we can't live this uh this life this way uh, of the spirit without you Um, we need you to to change our hearts pray all us in jesus name amen